0: Today we will start uh, with the first seven verses, which are the seven verses on Mm. the preliminary practices. So it's it's kind of interesting to, I mean each of the verses is uh, worth to contemplate and to read and to notice what comes up, uh, but it's also interesting what... uh, no, what does Thang Tongma Sangpo? Uh, pr- uh, what, what does he bring into into the preparation? So, what does he say? How can we prepare for um, for the practices, of the the other practices, the transformation of problems, the realization of emptiness, the cultivating of bodhicitta? So, all these practices which he describes in the other verses. So, what is this sense of, so what what do we need to do to prepare the ground? And that's what the first seven verses are about. And the first one is, we talked about it last time, is this reflection we just did. uh, Acknowledging the precious human life. That is the fully equipped boat. I think I talked last time about it, yeah. So, I brought you these
1: seven (coughs) verses. It's one page.
0: First, first, I don't want to say so much about it. Uh, Just let's uh, read it together. Well, I read it to you. Right now, you have a good boat, fully equipped and available, hard to find. To free others and you from the sea of samsara. Day and night, fully alert and present. Study, reflect, and meditate. This is the practice of a bodhisattva. So the first line of this first, uh, the hard to find. There is this uh, metaphor in the Tibetan tradition how almost impossible it is in, the, in, all, the, in all of the universes yeah, to have a precious human life I mean if you now if you would see that there's like countless universes with countless places where one could be uh, born uh, but even if we would just look in, in, in on this planet and even if we just look at the human at the humans on this planet, not even talking about the ants and the flies, uh, uh, just the humans. Uh, Then already they says, wow, how fortunate. We get excited if we think about winning a million, it's nothing. It's nothing. Nandana Sopa says, it's like we get excited to think about a pile of diamonds. We have a pile of of diamonds. A mountain of diamonds. It's nothing. This can buy you temporary pleasure. But what we have here, the opportunity, uh, in Sweden and Malmö, not only that on top there is that you know you have enough suffering in your life that you turn to uh, to this seeking seeking refuge i mean you could also live in Malmö and just, you know, <coughs> just live and go shopping and do holiday and get drunk in the evening and a- a- and that's it so this flame you have of uh, this flame which calls you to places like this, which make you pick up the books which started many years ago for you. It's like that's, a ve- that's very uh, precious. So it's hard to find, because uh, that says it in the second line to free others than you from the sea of samsara. <coughs> you can this boat is not you no know, it's not just bringing you into a nice place where you can hang out and meet and have parties you know, it's not going to a pizza <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> this boat it's going it's going to uh, uh, to freedom to liberation to uh, it's going it, it's it's a journey of bringing you home It's a journey of bringing you to that love and that, uh, that peace, that stillness, that silence which cannot be taken away from you by nothing. Nothing can take, can take away this which is available to us through this boat, through this life. It's, it can be a source of a kind of a, a joy, like kind of a, a kind of a kind of joy, even if you are in a crisis, there is this, oh yeah. In, in particular, then, if we go further into this text, when we realize that somehow even the crisis is a good thing somehow the crisis also becomes part of the precious human life. <coughs> so day and night, fully alert and present. So last time we talked about, well, I talked about how that can be kind, kind of building up pressure, so it's important that we read it in an inspiring way. That it is, No, you know, you are not far away from All of us here—we are not far away from feeling that we are practicing all the time. You will just notice it. It's very close. This, you know, no matter what, no matter what you do, where you are. I mean, even if you go to, you know, know, if you go shopping, if you, if you, (coughs) in, in work, in your relationship, you know it to to transform it into practice, it does not take much. It's not like oh, I need to be, I need to be mindful all the time, and I need to be compassionate all the time. No, of course not. You are not mindful all the time, and you are not compassionate all the time. You can't. Uh, but but that, you know that kind of learning from it being reminded, you know, bringing reflection into it, bringing question into it, noticing that right now you are in the grip of reactivity. I would say you are already practicing day and night. Where do you know, pra- where, where, what is not practice in your life? Take that seat, confident seat as a practitioner. I take my seat in my life, and and, uh, and then if I, if it knocks me over, if I, if I'm a reactive and if I have an anxiety, attack that's not the sign that you lost that you lost the seat as a practitioner. Tha- that's not the sign for uh, for that you lost you know the the rank of the yogi or the yogini if you get up again in the evening the next morning Wednesday evening you come here so the second first Attraction to those close to you catches you in its currents. Aversion to those who oppose you burns inside. Indifference that ignores what needs to be done is a black hole. Leave your homeland. This is the practice of a bodhisattva. Leave your homeland. So when you when you now the next days when you read this, you, know, you pause, notice what happens, you know, what what is arising in you. What does it make you reflect upon? Leave your homeland. That, that's like oh, so. What's happening? You know? so, maybe there's like wow, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> My homeland. What does that mean for me? Does it mean I I should I should stop this job? What does it mean for me? Leave my homeland. Where 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 am where am I called to leave my homeland? What does that mean? Of course, for us, it, it can't mean that we go into the mountains and meditate. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of. Um, uh, many years ago, I I got some teachings uh, by um, by a teacher. It, it was in in India. <coughs> he was a student of His Holiness Lama, and he he was uh, Sikh. He came from a Sikh family. You know these uh, northern Indian sects who have this turbans and and they are like warriors. So he was like this big beard and Indian and. Uh, he had been a monk a few years, and then this wrote and he was really like a fierce warrior teacher, a bit scary And, uh, and um, a bit controversial also. Of course he was like um, But one of the things he said, you know, you have to practice like the, uh, the, the Mongols, the, the warriors of Chinggis Khan. You have to practice like this. If you go into the territory of your enemy, you destroy the bridges after you, so you can't go back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's uh, only one way, the one forward. <laughs> so you, you enter the territory with your army and then you destroy the bridges behind you. So there is no choice. There's only forward. So leave your own man. Uh, and it's uh, this first is about the three poisons. What is usually called the three three poisons: yeah? attraction, aggression, and indifference.
1: The last
0: indifference. Okay. Yeah. What is that in in uh, in uh, Swedish? It's like. I
1: don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. So this is the first uh, about uh, contemplating and becoming familiar uh, uh, about when addiction arises. So it's an invitation for us to uh, to consider. So where are you addicted to? What are your addictive patterns? So th- so the addictive patterns are those patterns which. Which you which you have developed, you no. Know, there is a, there is a need in you, like a longing, you know? And I guess we all get a sense that actually the longing we have is that longing for silence, is that longing for peace, is that longing for home. But then it then that longing, uh, you know, gets into get, it, it gets distor- distorted and we go for short-term relief, which then becomes addictive. So this is a first of oh, uh, attraction to those close to you catches you in its currents. Yeah? So that's talking about uh, addiction. People relationships, but habits, yeah, to those close to you is not only people, it's also habits, yeah, habits to consume, habits to, uh, habits to, pat- the patterns we have, addiction to patterns, you know, addiction to fame, addiction to substances, addiction to, yeah, I, I guess we all have a sense, and, and, uh, So this would be a moment when you read this first. It's kind of okay, where is that? Where 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 I'm where is it I'm hooked? And then to become curious about that. To look into it. What is happening when you are hooked? How does it feel? What, what is what is happening? And that and go go deeper what? what what is it what is it what that aspect of you actually needs the hungry ghost no? the hungry ghost in you the hungry ghost realm is not something in another dimension or so it's like it's there. there so the hungry ghost the hungry ghost in you this anxious, sad, full of despair little girl. What does she need? So this is uh, the same for the same for aversion. So there, I would say aggression. So, not uh, no. N- we need to. I mean, I have, We have been talking about this. This distinguishing between healthy anger, and so on. But then there is this nasty anger, the, the 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 nasty aggression which wants is which is self-righteous and wants to hurt the other person because you are not able to stay with your own pain. So that you want to, You want another person to hurt want another person to feel your feelings instead of taking responsibility for them and take care for, of them. So it's a kind of the same. Yeah? So the looking into this, what's the pain behind? Yeah, indifference. Yeah? So that's So, when is it when you just close and you seem to be indifferent? Kind of out of touch with your empathy, with your capacity to share feelings, to respond to the other person, because you're just closed. So, you seem to be indifferent. Or the other person would say, You don't have any empathy you don't care about me. And in a way in that moment it's true because you're so closed. But that's that, that does not make you a bad person. So again there, well, what is happening there? Looking into it, when you, when you, when you freeze, when you disconnect from your feelings. And of course, the the least what you need at that moment is to blame yourself, or to be blamed, to be shamed. One can understand that the other person is then blaming you and is shaming you, because it's scary to be with a person who is just frozen and can't respond. But uh, that's not what you need. So so in, in all this, in this work with these three poisons... It's not a good word. Poison. With these three, that would be a better word. Negatives. Negatives. Yeah.
1: Reactions.
0: Yeah, it's reac- reactivity. Yeah, there's three kinds of reactivity.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and then um, in the. We have looked at this also when we, uh, those of you who went to the five Buddha families. So then even to see that through this, looking at these patterns in this way, at your addiction, your aggression, and your indifference, looking, looking in, into it in this way, not in a way of trying to get rid of it, but to transform it, to unlock it, you unlock the wisdom aspects of these re- three reacti- reactive p- patterns. So that's the Tantric view, through this work which I just described, the, the investigation into it, um, you unlock the wisdom aspects, which in the, in the case of aggression is clarity. So now, now we could stop for two, three months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, well, two, three years, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and, uh, and then and then when when people ask you, oh, what are you reading these days? Mm-hmm. Then you say. Yeah, I read first, first two from the <laughs> 37 practices of, uh, of the <laughs> Bodhisattva. That's what I read. That's, that's my lecture. <laughs> and it's not getting to be boring. So maybe two, three months you would read the first nine. Yeah? Attraction to those close to you catches you in its currents you read it, you contemplate it, you look into it. In the evening you look back and you, you, you acknowledge the many moments when it was in your currents. In the morning you might put a strong intention, today I'm not going to, I'm not going to... I, not going to uh, it of course it will arise, but the thing is you don't need to jump on it. You don't need to live it out. So that could be the intention in the morning. Okay, I I know that uh, the hungry ghost will come, but I will do something else. I will turn to the hungry ghost. I will see if I can give to the hungry ghost what he or she really needs. Because she does not need going shopping or overeating or whatever. it's not what she needs it's what she wants because she does not know better but it's not what she needs so leave your homeland is is the is like the the, the like this the warrior courage of doing what i just described leave your homeland means leave your Leave your, leave, your habit to just follow these patterns, including the failing. I mean, this is a lifetime's work, of course. What do you say
1: about the warrior? Be the warrior.
0: What did you say? The, it, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if I can talk. To the uh, the man here, they know what I talk about. But isn't in you also like uh, a, <laughs> uh, no a shield maiden? Uh, no. I don't so. no? Ha- you haven't seen the Vikings.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have seen that series. Yeah.
1: yeah. The Vikings. The yeah. no Vikings.
0: Have you seen that series?
1: And you mean take? Uh, no,
0: in, in the continue, huh? uh, Have you seen the series, the Vikings? No, not the same. Yeah, yeah. So there's this. Uh, no, the, uh, I don't know if it's historically, but there there were many women wi- who were fighting with. They they learned to. F- they they were fighting in the battles with, by the side of their men. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they are the shield maidens. What's Holt- the Danish Holt- word for that? Holt-
1: uh, Holt- yeah maid. Yeah? Yeah
0: and uh, so that's that kind of that warrior spirit mm. this courageous almost like joyful ah, there is a challenge so, and I'm going for it do you, do you recognize what I'm talking about I'm standing up I'm going for it even if I'm scared I, 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 I'm going to I'm going to face the, the pain I am going to face the hungry ghost with the sword of wisdom and the shield of compassion. What is the... What what you protect yourself with. Mm -hmm. So that's the leave your home. This is the practice of a bodhisattva and this sentence which is is being uh, said after each verse, The Bodhisattva has that connotation of the warrior, the spiritual warrior, the heart warrior. uh I just want to read uh, what uh, Ken McLeod says about this uh, transformation or transforming aggression into clarity. So this practice of exploring, going deeper, tracing it back, addressing the original wound. So he puts it very, very condensed. When you see someone or something you like, open to the whole experience, the person or object and the attraction in you. Open to the whole experience. What is happening? Slowing down, opening to the whole experience. Uh, Recognizing the hook. What's happening? And then if you do that, he says, with attraction, you are aware of every detail in the person or object. So that's the wisdom aspect. The wisdom wisdom aspect of attraction is the wisdom of being aware of every detail in the person or object. (coughs) So your mind becomes very... very uh, specific... And very, uh, a very. Uh, so it, it's it very sensitive. You become aware of every detail in the person or object. So there's, with that mind, there, come there comes the capacity of really noticing what's going on, really being there, really being present, really taking in the whole scene. And then he says, rest right there. So this is something you can, you know, become curious about that. Is, you know, in that attraction which I, you know, which I feel to the object, which the hungry go- ghost wants to grasp. So if, I'm, if, I, if I look into that, Can you recognize that? This aspect, that you're aware of every detail in the person. Try it out next time when you're sexually attracted to someone. Face them that strong, beautiful presence yeah. in it. Every detail. You're mm. not missing anything. With a, with a version, your mind becomes very clear. Yeah? So that's the clarity, the, 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 the wisdom aspect of clarity. So there is, again... See if you can acknowledge that, like when you when you get when when you get when you experience aversion. Rest right rest right there. With indifference you are aware of everything. With indifference so if you are looking into this moment of indifference, there is a kind of an openness. So you don't see the every detail; you see the whole scene. So that's the wisdom aspect of being able to see everything. It's not very, very clear just through this uh, description. Just uh, an encouragement for you to become curious and to uh, and to change the general attitude to what is called the three poisons into there, there is gold in, in that. There is wisdom in that. So instead of trying to do something with a sledgehammer trying to uh, um, cut it out or being ashamed or beating yourself up when you notice that you become curious. And you know that it's a long way, but there is something in it. There is a diamond in that, in the three so-called poisons. Okay. So let's uh, have a break, and then uh, if you have questions, we can discuss a bit uh, after. This is a talk I listened to by Tara Brach. I think it's uh, one of his, uh, one of the newer ones. So if you got interested in the in the first verse of the second, in the first line of the second verse, attraction to those close to you catches you in its currents. There's a talk. It's called "With uh, the Hungry Ghosts." So, if you Google "hungry ghost" and Tara Brach, then you will find this talk, and, uh, uh, where she describes this process of looking uh, into the undercurrent, hungry ghost, the hurt in you, in uh, in working with. Addictive patterns. Do you know that talk? Yeah, you have listened to it. Yes, oh. oh. <laughs> okay. And
1: also there's one called the the desire Homecoming. Uh-huh. I think it's quite the same.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: The desire of homecoming, and that was done. The desire of homecoming. Yeah, that's how I want to
0: even. It's very interesting. Also, now th- you can also check how much is your willingness actually to know. Uh, To look at those patterns or would you rather like just to continue? Importance of kindness. Nothing, nothing heals through beating up. Nothing heals through blame. Nothing heals through shame. Shaming yourself or blaming yourself. That's what the little boy, the little girl, the hungry ghost does not need at all. Let's look at the third first. if you have questions you can just uh, interrupt me. <coughs> Don't engage disturbances and reactive emotions gradually fa- fade away. Don't engage distractions and spiritual practice naturally goes. Keep awareness clear and vivid and confidence in the way arises. Rely on silence. This is the practice of a bodhisattva. (coughs) So this is um, really... Encouraging us and inspiring us and making us hungry or, uh, towards um, to that silence, to uh, to appreciate uh, in in our busy life how important it is uh, to have periods where we slow down, where we don't engage disturbances. Uh, where we don't engage distractions, uh, where awareness, the the clarity of awareness is being discovered. Um, And as we all know, it's quite difficult to uh, to establish a time like that every day, and to keep it alive. So it is like, wow! to engage in disturbances, to engage in distractions. Uh, it's so I mean it's so like I mean now even you know when we wait on the train uh, of t- on the train or we, we drive on the train, it's just peop- we don't have that time of just sitting and watching looking out of the window, Just sitting there looking at people, or going to a coffee shop and just having a coffee and nothing else—it's amazing. And it's uh, you know just sitting on a park bench, of course, having a a daily practice of sitting (coughs) quietly. So, become aware of
1: that.
0: (laughs) What, what's now? What's now? Maybe I can just write an email. I have five minutes Oh God. (laughs) I hope someone wrote me an email so I can do something (laughs) in the five minutes. It's, uh, so that's And of course, when when we when we keep, when we take us, uh, take us away every day from that, and we start to value it, uh, then uh, then it, that that's a time also where the reactive emotions they can they can weaken yeah? the reactivity the the reactivity can weaken the strong sense of me can weaken. <coughs> In silence, all that weakens, all that fades away, all that all that is looked through. So be become become aware of that um, leaning forward. Needing to do something, needing to entertain, needing to fill space, assume there's space. So just become aware of that. And maybe it's possible sometimes for you to pause. Just okay, what's happening now? What is what what is it what I don't want to feel in this moment? Because that's why you take take the smartphone out. That's why we become busy in that kind of frantic way. So there's something we don't want to be with. And then the daily practice is difficult because we have that discomfort with being with our own energy, with being with being with that nervousness or with that anxiety, or that sadness, or whatever, So, So, listen to guided meditation every day, not take that time, not to some talks, uh, or sit quietly for yourself, have moments of slowing down in daily life, spend some unproductive time with your, with the people you live with. So this uh, rely on silence I think is really beautiful. Rely on silence. And here the silence which is always there. Which opens when we slow down. So it's not about calming down in that, it's more like stopping the activity for a while and coming in contact with that which is there, and then tuning into the stillness, into the silence which is there. Rely on silence. So when you read that, also rely on silence. And when you walk like when I walk home now, I could kind of run home. In internally, like <laughs> I mean, not that I need to run with my body, but like internally, like leaning forward as if what I'm looking for is at home as I- as if that what I'm looking for fulfillment, contentment, oneness, healing, as if that is in the future at home, or in the after work, or when this is finished, or so when you notice that, so then okay, go home and rely on silence while you go home. What does that mean? Rely on silence in activities. What does that mean to rely on silence in activities?
1: about the second one. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about uh, indifference and about how difficult it could be to meet a person that's indifferent mm-hmm. and how easy it is to blame or something like that. Uh, and that's not what this person needs. So what would that person do? do you think?
0: Mm. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, you don't know. <laughs>
1: know. Yeah.
0: what I then need is love and empathy. So
1: empathy and When so I handy. when I when
0: I feel frozen uh, and uh, I feel like you know kind of completely blocked block because I'm scared, yeah, then. Then, of course, I, I, I can't I can't ex- expect it from the other person. So the, the best would be if I could, at that moment, give that little scared boy what he needs, <coughs> because then I would soften a bit, and then I could r- again connect. But if if that is not possible, and often it is not possible, then then it would be wonderful if the other person could. Would know me so much that, you know, he or she would uh, recognize that uh, that behind that uh, indifference or behind that coldness or that behind that frozenness is actually someone who is afraid. But of course, in a, in a friendship or in a intimate relationship, at that moment, that frozenness triggered triggers your reactivity because you get scared and then these two Eckhart no, uh, Tolle has this word pain body these two pain bodies they they communicate and behind the pain, po- pain bodies there's a the little little sca- scared girl here's the little scared boy and both of them don't get what they need and the other person you, it's not your fault that there's a little scared boy here. I b- I brought him with me. I can't blame you for it, or you're not responsible for it. This is an old thing, it has nothing to do. But poor you, now you're in a relationship with me.
1: <laughs> 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 so here
0: he here is, here's my little scared boy, it's not your... It's not your fault, but I can't help myself. So it's very difficult to work with that situation.
1: So if I would think maybe you are scared, and I would say, what is scaring you or something? And you're like, no, I'm not scared. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, so let's try. <laughs> so, so you say you say to me, what did you say? I I, what are you scared? Sc- what, what yeah. Are you scared? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably I would react like that.
1: No,
0: I'm. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I, I wouldn't. Uh, no. no. I, I, it would be it would be heard as uh, as an attack. I mm. think. Mm. Try because something
1: else. <laughs> 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 I, <don't know. laughs> I feel that you might be scared. It could be felt felt uh, um, provocative. Yeah. Instead of and ah. because so you said like yeah, what could help would be to see that there's a mm. little boy that's scared. Yeah.
0: So if yeah. you would if you would see it, yeah, uh-huh. and and you wouldn't. And you would be able to uh, notice your reactivity and that it is difficult, but you would be able to take care of that in you. Yeah,
1: that's the first thing. Th- that's yeah? A, yeah? Because yeah. if
0: you come from your scared girl and you say, you know, I, n- I see that you're scared, then, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. But let's say you would be able to mm-hmm. do that. Sometimes we are able to sometimes. do that, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, sometimes we are, because then maybe our activity is not so strong or we are a bit more conscious at that moment more aware we have maybe worked uh, on it in therapy uh, and then and then it's maybe easier to do. so what could you say
1: <coughs>
0: i i know what i could say
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but so what i could say is right now i'm I feel I'm completely blocked and I'm reactive, and I can't connect with my feelings. What I feel is a contraction here, I feel closed here. I can't actually, I can't connect with what is happening behind it. I'm completely confused, I, I can't, but I can what I always can describe is my body sensations. But I can't interpret them at that moment, because I'm like completely frozen. If you would ask me in that moment, what do you feel, what do you feel? I would, I would even get more into panic because then I would shame myself for not being able to say how I feel. So if the pressure would even be bigger. Oh, she wants to know how I feel and I'm like, I'm this guy without feelings. <laughs> So then, <laughs> and then I, because I was shamed and I shaming myself, then I would feel shamed, and then the situation would be stronger. But what I can, what I always can feel, and in that moment, when I would say, you know, I feel this reactivity, and maybe we would have talked about it before, about the little hurt boy. Even if I, even if at that moment I couldn't feel it, but I could, I could just. I think that would could be a beginning of a change. Mm. Because then you would you could react to that. Yeah, I
1: think you it would I it would be more calm, because yes. it's like you, you, you bear your feeling in a way, even yeah, if you yeah. couldn't name it, yes. you can describe it, and yeah. then it's like, then it's yeah, yeah, it's more safe. In yeah, life.
0: so exactly, it's more safe, and then and then if I... So if you then would feel more safe, maybe then, from there, you could say something, mm. which would be more, which I could hear that more, more as a, not as a, an attack or not as a critic. Mm. Um. But right now I can't think about what <laughs> what it would be. I think it's it's more it's more, it's also quite a lot about from which kind of space it comes from, what you say. Maybe it's not so much what you say, but rather mm-hmm. how you say it. Yes?
1: If a person who feels that little boy will uh, uh, get mean, Not just frozen, but that scared boy starts to like, uh, yeah, criticize you, acting out, or. Mm -hmm. uh, Then it's, I think, more difficult, because in other situations you can take care of yourself and understand and maybe uh, leave Mm -hmm. alone or accept or whatever, but if that person starts to hurt you, then uh, at some point you get like walked over you, (laughs) like uh, you have to, you can't, yeah, it's a different, then uh, you tend to get indifference, like, okay, then I, yeah, yes, keep hurting Mm. me, I stay calm because I understand you are, uh, keep hurting me. what
0: you should, should you <laughs> What should you, what
1: should you
0: do? If you understand that. So what? So I, so I feel I, I am reactive, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I feel insecure, and one of my patterns is that I leash out. It's not the little scared boy which pleases out. No, it's 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 a habit I have developed to survive. Uh, So behind the aggression, behind behind violence, is that hurt.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So. You could have the capacity to not take it personal. You could, Mm. but that would be the question: is if that is genuine? Yeah. Mm. If you really, while I'm saying something something nasty to you, if you could uh, see. So now he is. Now he is. uh, Escaping the way he feels. It has nothing to do with me. I mean, now for me, it has nothing to do with you. Uh, it's it's my way to escape. So, if that would be genuine, yeah. So, like, you no, know, if you would be Lama Sopa, <laughs> you know, he, he genuinely could do that because he he has no he has nothing to protect. You no, know? He's not. He does not bring his own reactivity into the situation. Uh, but in your case, um, maybe in, in, in that moment you are confronted with your, uh, with your difficulty of standing up for yourself, saying, stop, don't do that, this is hurting me, don't treat me like that. And and that again is your pattern. That's something you bring into the situation. That you that you uh, take in too much. That that you don't so maybe this situation could be an invitation for you to start to train to shout back. Not in a I mean not you don't need to do the same, like kind of wanting to hurt the other person, but to st- to say something against it. And this is not a practice of uh, staying in a place which is not healthy anymore. And Then is the question also you have to ask, why don't you leave? What are you afraid of? Why don't you leave that person? I mean in, in short term like just leaving out of the room like saying saying time out or also you know having a, a respectful distance to that person because sometimes I mean at one point from the Buddhist point of view you have that have to work this out with that person we we don't, we, we don't get away from anyone forever. <laughs> But it does not mean that it needs to be bound.